Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, everybody, welcome back. This is Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla, Alex Regla with you guys on a Tuesday, a gameless Tuesday. How are you, man? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I think I'm uh, under the weather like everybody else, but non-COVID sickness, so I don't have to go on the health and safety protocol list at Silver Screen and Roll. I could continue to do my job. Yeah, it seems like everybody's getting sick. Um, I had to take one of my students to the nurse's office yesterday, and the, the line was like outside the door. So something's going around. Yeah. I uh, flew to Texas for the holiday, and... Um, the weather in texas man every time i leave california i'm like i love california um i didn't see the sun once it was raining all five days i was there and one of the days it decided to be like florida hot and raining so it was like 80 degrees and raining which was fun so my allergy and then i gave back it was dry it was just little santa Ana winds my i think it's more allergies than anything on my end but um yeah i know everybody's getting sick i feel like during my wedding i was dodging it like the matrix (laughs) <laughs> so many people that were coming were sick and i was just like man i cannot get away from this and i think it just caught up to me well thankfully you you know you weren't sick during the wedding that's what's important very true very very true uh i'm gonna start you guys off with this because it just popped up on my twitter both lebron james anthony da- and anthony davis are probable to play tomorrow versus the blazers let's start with the good news anthony uh, alex the lakers uh, seemed to be healthy because we had another scare yesterday with LeBron James when he rolled that ankle. Yeah, and he was doing so well before that. That's what sucks. Like it, it looked like they were trying to, you know, he's finally getting a rhythm. Like his jumper's been off for a while, and then I think he started the game like with the first seven points, and then you know rolled that ankle and was pretty poor after that. So hopefully he's okay. And like you said, this is the first time I think I'm not sure when Bev comes back. I think he's back the next game after this or. This doesn't, game, maybe. doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, if he is back, that's got to be the healthiest they've been all year. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, get, where so... I get where you're going with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, things are looking up from that perspective. Uh, but again, that, that just leaves more choices for Darvin Ham to kind of figure out which rotation he's going to go with. And that is what I want to focus on today because uh, he's going to need a lot of choices. We're going to need a deep bench because the Lakers are going into a crazy stretch of games here in December uh, that it's going to be rough. They have played the least amount of games in all of the NBA. At least that was according to the broadcast yesterday. I actually didn't look it up. Uh, that's what Billy Mack said yesterday at seven and 11. Now seven and 12 The Lakers have played the least amount of games of any NBA team. And now in the month of December, well, obviously they still play tomorrow and that's still November against the Blazers. against the Blazers. They will play 16 games in December. That's at one every other day. And not only that, they have three back-to-backs in December. So health is a – I should take it back about what I said about Pat Bev. Health is going to be important for this team, especially when you have question marks like Anthony Davis and LeBron James being on the injury report every single game, it feels like now. That is going to be very crucial and very clutch to be healthy. Yeah, this December scre- this stretch is going to be really, really ruthless. It's going to be, you know, like you said, nonstop. They play 16 games. That's a lot. And – um, 12 of them are on the road. So this is a team who struggled all season on the road so far. I think they're two and six. 
this year and the only two wins they have i think came in san antonio mm-hmm. um so yeah so this is gonna be a good <laughs> like this is gonna be a big test for them like i wrote this article about it and it's not just the number of games the the travel i think they travel like something like ten thousand miles this month which is like the second most in the league they also have to play the toughest schedule right uh in terms of strength of schedule so they're coming off a, a month in november where they hit, they actually have the easiest strength of schedule and they're going into a month where they have the toughest so it sucks that they didn't get to take full advantage of this month i mean they did play better but um a game like yesterday those feel way way bigger when you have to face a lot of tougher competition coming up yesterday was straight up brutal i mean there's no uh no way around it that was a brutal loss there's a loss that could come back and bite you at the end of the season when you're down a game Heading into the playoffs, I mean, that was a brutal, brutal loss. When you have a 17-point lead with nine minutes left, when you have an 11-point lead with five minutes left, and to lose the way they did was absolutely just brutal. I don't have another word for it, man. It was uh, – um, I wish it was hard to believe. That's the one thing I wish that I could say. But this team so far this season, you take away the three Spurs games, and it's just been very inconsistent and – underwhelming yeah i think that's the frustrating thing like the last game last game was obviously the biggest like gut punch like they should have won that game no excuses but like you said this isn't like new for this team like there's multiple games this year where we recapped and they're like they probably shouldn't have won that game like they were in control of that game they blew it they lost at the end um this is just the latest example and it kind of sucks because of the first game against the non-spurs type team mm-hmm. where they could have shown like yeah we're we can beat quality teams like the Pacers. I know a lot of people thought they were going to be tanking to start the year, but they're fourth in the East. Last I checked, the you know Lakers saw firsthand how young and scrappy they are. But after controlling it, it looked like they were going to prove like, hey, like it's not just Spurs type competition. We can beat actual good teams. But again, they found a way to lose it at the end. So like it sucks, like you said, and um, it, they, they got to win next game now. Yeah, it was coming. It was also a loss against the Pacers, where you want their two two of their best players, and they don't even have that good of a game, you know. And Russ had probably one of his best games, at least statistically. But can I ask you a question before we move on to what we're going to talk about specifically? Yeah. Why was Schroeder and Russ in at the end of that game? I don't know. I I, I don't really like the Dennis Russ lineups at any point of the game, especially uh, at the end. Especially at the end, and um especially if LeBron's the one kind of controlling the offense and he has the ball in his hands that that leaves Dennis and Russ as off ball threats. And they're not, I know Dennis could make them here and there, but he's not like a a major threat. That's two negative spacers basically on the floor and two small guys again on the floor. I I guess they wanted the speed out there to chase the Pacers shooters off like screens and stuff, but um, yeah, I see it work out. I mean, if they're in for defensive responsibilities, that's just a bad coaching decision. <laughs> if that's I mean, really like, what they're in for, that's who you want to go with, those two guys, like for defense for defense. And and Darvin Ham did take, you know, a lot of he took the blame on himself last night in the post game. And um, I don't think he deserves much a lot of the blame. Like a lot of that does fall on the players, but something like that I think does, you know, he has to answer some questions too about some of the lineup choices, some of the play calling at the end of the game was pretty poor. But yeah, I, I'm not a fan of like the multi-guard lineups. I wasn't a fan of it last year. Not a fan of it this year. I know a lot happened after this moment I'm about to bring up. 
But do you remember when Russ had a turnover and had the ball in his hands and went to dunk the ball for absolutely no reason and they called a tech on him and the Pacers made that free throw? That's the th- I, I I'm not kidding. Like anytime something like that happens, and it's not just Russ. It's any player, any missed free throw, any little thing. I'm like, that's gonna come back and bite them. I think it's sure. just the way I like view life. Yeah, I'm like, no, but I mean, those things are gonna come back. Alex, I get what you're saying because I I totally get that too. You're like, oh, you went you know ten of twelve from free throw, but you, those two are gonna go. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, but that is just a bonehead. You just gave him a point, and I know the game should have never came down to that kind of thing, but it was just like. At that moment, Russ did that and then had like back to back. I think he had like back to back to back turnovers. Yeah, he had a rough stretch. He had a rough stretch. And I was just like, dude, this dude is just like blowing this. And they would, the Pacers would, would uh, go back or go down huge, make a run, make it close, go down huge, make a run. Like the Lakers were never able to really fully pull away. And I think that that just is um encapsulation of where this roster is. You know, they don't really have enough. To, I think we've said this like after the first one or two games. The Lakers don't have enough talent to take their foot off the gas at any point in any game. Mm-hmm. Any team can make a run on this team because they're just not that talented. And of course, everyone's going to be like, well, you know, AD didn't have a 30 plus point game for the first time and it felt like forever. LeBron had a terrible second half, like brutal second half. Um, he was bad from three, he took a lot of bad threes. Um, but that's kind of what I mean. Like they just, they don't have wiggle room to do those things. So when you give your opponent a free free throw, because you just decided to grab the ball and dunk it for no reason and cause a delay a game. And then you go back to back turnovers after that. Like that's the stuff that this team just can't do. That's kind of my point. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. And like you said, it's not just that rust moment, but like you said, it, it, it kind of exemplifies the bigger issue here where they, they take their foot off the gas when really they don't have any like right to do so. They haven't proven they've, they've got that privilege yet. They haven't proven they can come back and like regain control of a game. Yeah. Like the minute the Pacers started making that run, like I, I didn't think their Lakers are going to lose, but I was like, Oh, like I don't, I have some questions. The Lakers can, you know, slow this down or regain it or because they don't really have like a late game approach or strategy when it's crunch time i don't know what's going to happen i think lebron's mm-hmm. going to have the ball he's going to settle for a three he's going to draw you know he might get to the rim probably won't get free throws out of it or russ is going to try to do something i don't think ad's going to have the ball for yeah. he had two shot attempts in the fourth quarter again last night yeah yeah he can't he that's that's we talked about this i think last week or the week before is that ad has to be as aggressive when lebron is on the court as he was when lebron was hurt like that's the AD that needs to be on the Lakers every time he's playing. I don't care if LeBron is there or not. So well, you're right. In the fourth quarter, he can't take two field goals. He's got to be aggressive. He's and he was aggressive every now and then in the first half against Miles Turner. They couldn't stop him. I think he, he was perfect from the field, like going into halftime almost. You know, no no three point shot attempts. He was doing all his work inside the paint. He was going up against Miles Turner, almost trying to prove a point there in the beginning, and then just kind of fades away. And that's just not acceptable from AD. Like you, ha- he has to be aggressive at all times, and he has to be giving a hundred percent at all times. And that's just kind of the position that this front office put the team in. Is like, hey, you know, if you think that going a hundred percent for every single possession is impossible, that's kind of where you guys have to do. Yeah, they kind of need their guy, their stars to be stars on every night, and it, that's tough. Like, 
Um, we saw that they were able to win a couple games when those guys weren't there or not having their best games. But again, that came against the Spurs. That came against a little easier competition. But against even a team like the Pacers, who, yes, they're they're a playoff team right now, aren't like an elite team in the NBA. Like even against them, you need LeBron and AD to be both at their top levels yeah. to, to win those types of games. And that speaks volumes of the roster, the roster construction. And, and they were in control. Like they, that said, even if LeBron didn't have a great game or AD w- wasn't putting up the monster numbers he has been, they should still have won that game. And I think it goes back to like, they really need to figure out what their plan is in la- last five minutes of games because um, they haven't really proven they can win a close game. I'm not sure they've, I think they beat the Spurs in the close game recently. And that was it. Yeah. And it's hard to take away much from those Spurs games. Like that's a team that really is not going to be competitive this year. And it's also when you look at the box score and you see that Kendrick Nunn is giving you nothing, 11 minutes, Brian played three minutes and Gabriel played 13. Like, so you're really almost going on a seven man rotation and that's just rough, but that's what it is. You know, Patrick Beverly suspended Toscano's uh, uh, JTA's hurt. So, it's uh, it's kind of where we're at. And now you can kind of focus on December. And like you said, man, 16 games in 31 days, three back-to-backs, um, 14 on the road. Uh, or it might be uh, 12. 12 on the year, excuse me. 12 on the road, four at home, 10,000 miles of travel. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be a brutal, brutal stretch. And not only that, you look at the you look at their schedule, and the schedule is against really good teams. I mean, yep. obviously tomorrow they take on the Blazers. I don't think Dame is back, right? So uh, they're eleven and nine on the season, and then you go into December at Milwaukee, at Washington, who has a winning team, at Cleveland, thirteen and eight, at Toronto has a winning record, at Philly with a winning record, then Detroit, Boston, Denver, Washington again, Phoenix. So that's just through the nineteenth. That's not even finishing yeah. the month. Uh, it's a it's you got uh, six games on the road to start off the month of December. You come home for two, and then you hit the road again for the rest of the month of December. So, Alex, uh, I guess I'll ask this question, and then we can get into more specifics. Um, how can they be successful in the month of December? How can they go from seven and twelve? I believe the record is right now. How can they either stay around that pace or improve? I don't because they can't really afford to fall much more back this 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 part of the season. Yeah, I, I would ask you, like, what do you what do you consider a successful de- December to look like? They have 16 games. What what record would you, you know, consider a success out of that? Eight and eight. Yeah, I think that's that's about it. Like like of those 16, 11, like you listed off, 11 of those games are against playoff teams if the playoffs started today. And like a couple of games that aren't playoff teams against like Dallas, and they're not current playoff team, but they have Luka who's playing at MVP level against a team like Miami, who's always, you know, quality, and they've won like three in a row. So even the non-playoff teams or teams like are tough or are on the road. So Eight and eight is better than what they're playing at right now. That's 500 yeah. basketball. They're not playing 500 basketball. Um, yeah, like that. that so they started like two and 10. World. Yeah. They started two and 10. Now they're five and 12 or seven and 12. So 
They're five and two in their last seven, three of those against the Spurs. Can they go five and two again against Milwaukee, Washington, Cleveland, Toronto, Philly, Detroit, Boston? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so either. You, you probably have to win those Washington games. And I stop like at, said. I stop at, sorry to cut you off. I stop at Boston because now there's reports that they pushed the deadline back from Thanksgiving to mid December to see what they do. So if they go not five and two, or if they go two and five, aren't we just back in the same place in December? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah eventually, eventually they're just going to have to come out and say, we're not trading. We're done. Or we're exploring trade possibilities. They can't keep lollygagging with this. We're going to see what we do. We're going to see how we do, because if we go five and 12, we're going to go all in with this core. If we, or, or, and, or, you know what I mean? Like we talked about this endlessly already, but mm-hmm. these, these silly deadlines that get leaked to the press, it's just like, dude, make up your mind. Like if you look at Miles Turner and Buddy Heald yesterday, they would fit in nicely in LA. It would fit in very nicely in LA. And if you want to be a playoff team, I'm not telling you that, that that makes you a contender adding those two guys, but it makes you a playoff team. I'm pretty sure that that's true. Uh, again, it goes back to the thing we've been talking about. It's like, the longer you wait, like, okay, we want to see if this team is worth, you know, giving up picks to try to improve on. But at the same time, you're about to head into a schedule where it'd be nice to have like two guys or whoever, any trade package to fill in around LeBron and AD in front of what's going to be the toughest stretch of the year. Like why put yourself in a situation where you want to wait out and put yourself in a bigger hole or maybe, you know, maybe they go there at 500 and then you can make it straight. But by then you're almost the halfway point of the year. Are you really getting like maximum value for those picks? Yeah, I don't know the answer I, I because they don't know the answer. So how am I going to know the answer? Like that that's just I think their uncertainty of what to do is really going to spell doom for this team. They can't sit on their hands with this roster if they want to make the playoffs. I, I truly believe that. I, I truly believe that if Anthony Davis keeps giving you 35 and 18 a game, and LeBron gives you 25, 9, and 7 a game, I still don't think that's good enough for this team to be a real playoff team. Can they make the play-in? Maybe. But do you think that as constructed, they will make a a a, a top, what is it, 6 now? Top 7? What, what is this non-play-in thing? I already <laughs> forgot. Top, are they a top 6 team as currently constructed? I don't know about top six, but I, I think if they continue um, just beating the teams they're supposed to beat and kind of stealing some wins here and there, I think they can sneak into the play-in, be a playoff team maybe even. But um, yeah, that's not saying much. And like you said, the longer, another just thing people, you know, it's it's tough to forget is like the longer you wait, the more variables happen. Like a guy like Gordon Hayward, right? He was rumored to be a Laker target. He's injured for a, a duration of time now. So you yeah. can kind of scrap that idea. And then a team like Indiana, right? Turner and Buddy Heald are playing really well. Indiana, like I said, is a four seed. I'm not sure how likely they're just going to give guys away if they can still be around, say, in 10, game now, 10 games from now. They're like a five seed. They're, yeah. they're in contention to get home court in the playoffs. Why would they give up Turner, who they can just re-sign? You right. know, they can maybe extend heading into the offseason. So the longer the Lakers wait, a lot, like they don't have many options. So, um, and if yeah. you're listening to Alex say, why would Indiana not do that? I mean, he's not the only one. You read Jovan in the athletic, he said the same thing. That ship might have already sailed. That ship, like, they're 12 and eight. They could, why would they bottom out right now when they could make the playoffs with this currently constructed roster? So, 
I, I don't know what trade is out there at the moment. And maybe maybe that's why they pushed the deadline back. Because maybe mm-hmm. Indiana didn't want to do that trade anymore. Maybe Rapalinga got denied at the Indiana airport. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you guys. But it is a situation that I don't think anybody at Silver Screen and Roll is surprised that the Lakers are in. Even Raj probably is not that if you if you strap him down to a chair and, and torture him, I don't think he would tell you he's surprised at what's happening. He's the most optimistic fan that I know. So I don't really know, man. It's difficult to um assess what's gonna happen for the season when I don't even know what's gonna happen in December. Yeah. It's really difficult to to talk about. Um it, any sort like of I wrote about like the December is just one month. It is only sixteen games of eighty two, but it just feels very pivotal. Like I know we're super early into the season still, but um, if they fall further behind uh, at the end of December, I doubt they do make a trade at that point then. Cause at that point, I don't know if it's worth it or you probably shouldn't at that point. Yeah. So I think what happens in the next couple of weeks, next three, four weeks, like that can be the season that, that, that can be the, the point where we look back and say, yeah, I mean, they should have made the trade prior or, you know, they were wise for waiting it out. Look, they, they were able to to have a winning record in that month somehow. And we look at that point and say, okay, like this is what the team actually is. But all right, um, in the next three or four weeks, Alex, they go eight they go eight and eight. And now they're sitting at um fifteen and twenty. What do you do then? Push it back yeah, to mid push it back to mid January? <laughs> Wait till the trade no. deadline? I don't, I don't know what they're, I think they're also waiting for something to fall in their laps, right? They're waiting for some disgruntled player to come out that we weren't expecting or a team like, like say Chicago, like doesn't, you know, continues to kind of fail to meet expectations and they sell off some of their parts. I, I think they're waiting for that type of stuff to happen. But again, the longer you wait, the longer your own team is struggling, the longer your guys might start checking out like LeBron and AD or like a guy like AD, especially he's doing everything you're asking him to do. He's playing center full time. He's putting up like numbers no players ever put up before on some games, and he's looking out and you're, he's thinking, "Well, I'm doing all this, and my front office isn't gonna put me in a position to succeed. Why am I gonna try this hard?" And then at right. that point, you're not even gonna beat the teams like the Spurs. Is that a wild card that we haven't talked about that we haven't addressed yet? Like, how much say does LeBron and AD still have with this team? When I mean with this team, the front office. Like how much, you know, pushing are they for like, hey, we got to do something here. You know, we got like, don't just sit on your ass. Like we got to go be better. We're just wasting a year of LeBron who's getting hurt every four games. There's something there, you know, like he's showing his age. So do you think that they are now lobbying to to get something done? I mean, what does LeBron care about? He's not going to be around 2027, 2029. At least I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing LeBron, maybe. Uh, But yeah, I mean, he's already like, I don't know, early in the season, he was already putting out like cryptic Instagram posts, some tweets out there. You know, it's always funny when he kind of praises a player on Twitter. Uh, Everybody kind of like uses that as like a C, like he's asking for help. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure they're frustrated. I'm sure they, you know, they know the situation they're in. They know the roster they have around them. They're not going to go out and, 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 uh, you know, point fingers and say, we, I can't win with this. Um, but at some point, you know, they're going to start checking out or they're not going to try hard and they're not going to, 
give it give it their all and then at that point then it's a failed season yeah so i think the the really the the smartest thing to do would have been to have done a trade in the off season to really like just go for it i think that's i said this a few years ago when lebron james is on your team you don't really plan for the future you just kind of go for it now that's that's the approach that you have to take because lebron there's not what you think you're gonna draft the next lebron in 2027 what is the chances of that you already got AD and LeBron right now. What are you waiting for? Yeah, you also have... It's not even just LeBron. You have to also kind of show AD, right? Like, LeBron might... That that shit might have sailed, you know, eventually. He, he might not play much longer. But you have a guy like AD, if you want him to continue to be your cornerstone, like, you have to think about him as well. And, and like, putting him in a, a position to succeed. Or maybe, like, again, I don't want to keep throwing this indie deal out there but like say he wants to kind of not play center full time showing like hey we'll go out and get a guy like turner to kind of help you out to kind of make sure you're not getting injured every game making sure you don't have to do everything on defense and everything on offense like at some point they have to think of ad as well and his future because he he's maybe just as likely to leave when his contract's up as well um according to jovan below the athletic yesterday uh one name to watch for the lakers in a trade is patrick beverly uh, if you waited till December 15th, that is when you can trade players that you signed in free agency. Beverly, who's the fourth highest paid player on the team, he makes $13 million. Uh, he's having a av- he's averaging a career low in points per game and shooting a career worst. Beverly, like Kendrick Dunn, could still have value on teams looking for veteran backcourt help. The Lakers' needs and glut of guards make both expendable. Can you see a smaller trade working? For but what is a Patrick Beverly Kendrick not not a package but what do they net you in return? I think they get you close to Miles Turner money. Um, I have to double check, but I, I know there's a way to get Turner again. I just said I don't want to keep bringing him up. I brought him up, but I think that's like that's another non Russ way to get a guy like Turner. Like like you said, Pat Bev. I think he makes thirteen mil. Like last time I checked, yeah, uh, he's expiring. Like that in alone is is valuable, especially if the Lakers are willing to take back money past this year that's one way to to not have to give up picks maybe is, is to send a, a guy like bev out and take back some like middle tier contracts but lakers have to be creative and, and like turn beverly beverly hasn't played well this year um uh, especially offensively but that those are the kind of moves around the margins they have to start to make and i i definitely would be in favor of trading some of their guards to to shore up like the wing position for example a three and d type guy like miles mm-hmm. turner <laughs> any any non any non like below six three guard. Would you like what you it. saw last night? I can't tell. He, he didn't even have that great of a game. No, he but didn't. I thought I thought defensively in the fourth quarter he was really good. And like Buddy, like I know he didn't he wasn't on, but man, like the the way the Lakers defense like chases him around screens, that guy's gravity would just is just so helpful even when he's not making shots. Yeah. Like they literally forced him off the ball every time he got it. Turner is the opposite of Pat Beverly. He's having career high points, per, uh, points, rebounds, field goal percentage, three point percentage, free throw percentage. He's having <laughs> a career year, and it's funny when you're in a contract year. What you what some players do this sometimes. Uh, Heald is shooting thirty seven point four percent from three, and Patrick Beverly is one of the worst three point shooters that we have um, on the Lakers when we thought he was going to be our best. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there, Alex. Uh, any other like things that you have noticed this past week. I know I, I think it's kind of hard to really pull like 
big nuggets away when you play the Spurs so often. But any other thing in the last week that you liked, that you've seen, that you're like, this needs to continue, this needs to progress? I, I think I've liked Thomas Bryant. Like, um, he's looked better than I thought he would coming off that injury and, you know, still breaking himself off of like a really major injury from a year ago. So um, he's looked good in his minutes. Defensively, I still think he has issues, but I'm surprised he only played a few minutes last night. I thought he's played better um, recently. A guy like him and Wenyan bring a lot of energy, and that's something the Lakers kind of lack sometimes, especially when a team like Indiana goes on a run like that and, and the, the Lakers kind of get really lazy and just stop running. It's helpful to have those types of guys out there. So, um, you know, him, Reeves, like they're getting contributions is the thing. Like they have guys who are probably exceeding their contracts. Like a lot of the guys are probably exceeding their contracts who they signed in the offseason, but mm-hmm. it's just not adding up to wins at this point. Yeah, it's not adding up to wins. Uh, by the time we talk to everybody next, it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be rough. The Blazers tomorrow uh, at Crypto. Then you have the Bucks on the road at, on Friday. <sighs> Then you have the Wizards on Sunday on the road. And it looks like we're doing a post-game show next Tuesday after the Cleveland game. Cleveland is 13-8. and eight. That game is at 4.30 Pacific. Alex, that's four games in the next week. Uh, they play, by the way, they play a bunch of Tuesday games this year, so or this month, so we might be doing some post-games. Uh, what do you think we'll be talking about on Tuesday? I think they have to go two and two. And I, I think that's just going to be like every week this month or yeah. upcoming month, like just go 500 beat the like not so tough teams. Like you got to beat Portland tomorrow. Again, that becomes almost the must win. And it's funny to say that it's so early in the season, but if you lose a game like you did to Indiana, then you definitely got to be a Portland mm-hmm. team who's without Lillard, um, especially right before this, this disgusting month. So you got to beat them. Even a team like Washington, who's playing well, they have a lot of like wings, Probably gonna give some the Lakers some issues, but you probably got to find a way to win that game. And then Milwaukee and Cleveland, that's gonna be tough. Yeah, those are gonna be tough for sure. Um, so I agree with you. I think I think asking for anything more than two and two at this point is unrealistic and selfish. And I am neither. So I think two and two <laughs> is uh I even struggle to say it's possible, but I will say it's possible. Um I think if they have monster performances from AD and LeBron that they that that then it's possible if they if either one of them has a stinker I don't see how they win any of those games but um you know we'll see they what's the Lakers best win this year <laughs> I don't mean to put um, you on the spot that just came out of my mouth like I, I actually don't do they have a signature win uh, the Denver they beat Denver early on I thought that was a good win the first win of the season yeah yeah I do remember that that's surprising. What's Denver uh, now? Is Denver good this year? Yeah, I think they're like top four. <laughs> last yeah, I they're checked. 13 and seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because if you look at all their wins, New Orleans, it took them overtime. Brooklyn. And a miracle. Without... A miracle shot, too, in that one. It took uh, the Brooklyn, no Kyrie, no Ben Simmons, then the Spurs three times, and Detroit. Oof. So. I know that there's Laker fans out there that think they're going to call me a hater when I say I don't think it's possible that they win any of these next four games. But if you just look at the track record, they've already lost to Cleveland this year um, at home. And 
I mean, Milwaukee, every time Giannis shows up against AD, he clearly shows the world that he's better than AD. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I And I honestly, it's going to be so difficult to make a trade in the middle of the season because not in the middle of this month. Now you're going to leave your team like figuring stuff out in the busiest time of the month. Mm-hmm. So you're going to leave your team empty-handed one night probably. And then you're going to have to mesh in whoever it is that you bring in. Yep. Man, who do they play on Christmas this year? Dallas. At Dallas. Ooh, 11.30. That's such an early game. You think they make a trade by the end of December with all these deadlines they've given themselves? Not anything of significance. They might dump somebody. Mm. I think they dump somebody. Because they just have so many guards. Oh, man. I felt negative today. I'm sorry. I felt negative today. I mean, after a game like that, it's tough to be positive. It, a, I mean, yeah, it's a game like that. Your article that I just read over and over and I was like, damn it, Alex, why'd you put everything to perspective like that? By the way, if you want to go read it and be as angry as me, uh, silverscreenroll.com at Alex M. Regla, how the month of December may shape the rest of the Lakers season. You can find it at silverscreenroll.com. Um, where'd you get that little chart, by the way? I've never seen oh, that for basketball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a cool site. Um, I think it's a guy who runs it. It's called Positive Residual. And all he does is like he tracks like travel, back to backs, like rest advantages. It's like a really cool like site where a lot of people do like box score stuff, but he does kind of like the travel element in the NBA. So he has like the whole team's itinerary, their strength of schedule. So um, nice. yeah, that's no, all a cool... the stuff I have in that piece is from there. It's a cool graphic. It's yeah. a really cool graphic. Uh, positive mm-hmm. residual. You want to check it out? Silverscreenroll.com at Alex M Regla. Alex, we'll see, man. I think we've. I feel like we've finished our podcast by saying, "Let's see a lot." <laughs> <laughs> Incredible basketball analysis coming from me saying, "Hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens." I mean, it's <laughs> the slogan of the, the Lakers year. Yeah, we'll see. Will they make a trade? We'll see. Will they hold on to their picks? We'll see. Will they win a game? Ah, we'll see. Will LeBron play? Ah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it's a solid answer for every one of those yeah. questions. It's not like I'm avoiding anything. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Polinka is a mastermind and he will have, you know, this massive Christmas present for all of Lakers Nation. And by Christmas time, we're going to have, I don't know, whoever on this, Steph Curry on the team. But you never know. You never know. Although, if you would ask me, is Steph Curry going to be a Laker this year? I wouldn't answer. We'll see. I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, this is always fun. Thank you so much. Oh, my dog just farted. <laughs> I was like, what is that smell? I didn't know my dog was right next to me. That's a way to finish this podcast. The recap of last night's game. Hot damn, dude. Woo. She, oof. Okay. We got to go. <laughs> I need air freshener. Alex, thanks so much, man. Thank you, man. Yeah.